What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast, where we talk about all things related to athletic performance, rehabilitation, and wellness. Today, Dr. Brett Firstel is going to be your host, and he's joined by Buzzy Brown. We're all very excited about this episode because Buzzy offers a very unique perspective that he is a competitive athlete who's coming back from an injury. He has very elite aspirations, but he himself is also a coach and a teacher. So this episode is a great opportunity to gain insight on what it takes to return to performance physically and mentally. Whether you're a coach, clinician, or athlete, you're going to get a lot out of this episode. Welcome to another episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast. Today I'm joined by Buzzy Brown. Buzzy is a competitive athlete himself with aspirations to qualify for the Olympic long jumping, as well as a sports performance coach, dance instructor, and physical education teacher. Buzzy, thanks for coming on today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so you have a long background in high-level track and field, as well as firsthand experience uh, with a serious injury that you've been working back from over the last seven months or so um, to get back to your elite level. Um, I'm excited to hear more about your story and more about your perspective on what it takes to return to a high level of performance. Um, I know our listeners are in for a treat with this one and will surely walk away with at least a few pearls of wisdom. Um, I, I'd like to start out today by just learning a little bit more about what got you into a performance training as well as your own story of being an athlete up until your injury. Um, I would say I first started, um, when you're saying performance training, so you're talking about like training kids. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I started doing that when I was in college actually, um, because as, in, as a college athlete, I went to Carthage, as a college athlete, uh, a lot of times you have neighborhood kids or family members who are looking for trainers for the kids, just like college athletes, just kind of help work with their kids on special skills. So that's kind of how I got into it. And, you know, I started that my junior year and then I've been rolling with it since, just kind of reaching, uh, not even reaching out, kind of through word of mouth, parents whose athletes kind of have that, I guess that that will, that drive to really want to improve and reach their maximum potential. Those are the ones that kind of seek me out and I just work with them real cheap. I'm not really doing it for the money. I'm really just doing it because I enjoy helping them get to where they got to get to. Nice. So would you say you care more about like the person necessarily like the sport and goals that they have specific to the sport like if it's just an athlete wanting to train and be a better athlete or person that's Mm -hmm. kind of your fit it sounds like exactly like i would much rather have someone that is an okay athlete but is going to come in and like just work 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 rather than someone that has a lot of potential and they're lazy and Mm -hmm. they're like unfocused playing with their hair playing (laughs) you know not doing things they're supposed to be doing um so yeah i really cater to the ones that really are driven nice that's perfect so tailoring it a little bit more towards you um tell me a little bit more about your background say high school college and then since then um about your athletic endeavors until your injury last summer uh high school i was growing up i was in so many sports um in high school i started narrowed down to basketball track and soccer and then as the years went on, I eventually narrowed it down to just track and field. Um, and I would say that it was, I'm trying to think. I'll switch my thought on that. Once I narrowed it down to track, because um, I've always realized that I wanted to 
do something at an elite level. I've always been athletic. I've always been more athletic than the average person. And, you know, if you have those skills, why not see, why not be the best version of yourself? Like, mm-hmm. I don't see the point in being a mediocre version of myself. If I can, if I have the potential to be a world-class jumper, why not see if I can do it? <laughs> so, you know, once I started to realize the potential in the sport that I have with my running, um, I really just started to go full force then. I didn't start long jumping until my senior year of high school. Um, I Well, the last meet of my junior year, I randomly did it and I jumped like 21 something feet. So then the next, next year I started doing long jump. Form was terrible, you know, <laughs> but went on to college and just kept pushing, pushing. I ended up getting a really good jump coach named Lamont Dagan, um, who was like a world ranked triple jumper at that time, but he also helped coach at Carthage. So I learned so much from him. All my, all everything I know from jumps, I learned from Lamont. And uh, through him, I was able to just realize even more the potential that I had because I just kept improving and improving and improving. I came in freshman year jumping 21-10, and then I ended that year jumping, you know, 22-11, feet with an okay landing. So, and then the next year, add another foot. So it just kept going and going and going. And uh, I think just that me realizing that I actually had a chance to do something at elite level just lit that fire for me to keep going. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you had a pretty good coaching experience, like being coached. Mm-hmm. Did he, did your coaches also sort of see that potential and they push you to get to that point? Or would you say that they just sort of coached you and you really needed to take it upon yourself to set that fire? I, they definitely saw knew I had all American potential for sure, but I don't even know if they knew that I was going to be able to take it like this this far. I think that have to be a question I have to ask Lamont, <laughs> um, honestly, um, because yeah, it's tough. It's tough to tell. My high, my college coach, Coach Witt, also great running coach. He actually coaches at Stevens Point now, but um, he was great in terms of running. I don't think if it wasn't for him, I don't think I'd be as like grounded. And I guess my endurance base is so much stronger because of him. I was able to have really good jumps when I was in like my fifth jump, sixth jump. And usually like people are dying out by then. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, between a combination of the two, they definitely realized the all-American potential. But then I think a lot of it was me being like, OK, I'm doing this. And I've only been jumping for two years. <laughs> so it's like rule specificity says if I really put you know my yeah. time into this that some results will happen yep nice so then sounds like you had a pretty successful college career mm-hmm. um, what made you want to continue competing after college because I know a lot of people just think that's the end unless they get recruited from some team whatever it is mm-hmm. a lot of people just sort of cut ties with the sport that they did but you're different what made you keep wanting to compete afterwards uh, I I know I can jump eight meters. So I figure if I can just control the speed that I have, control the bounce that I have, then I'm gonna hit that eight meter mark. And that that eight meter mark is a life changing thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I fouled it so many times. So it's just, and then in terms of like, I guess when I was graduating to realize that I wanted to still do that, it was really just because I had that potential and I was, I just started it. Mm-hmm. You know, long jump was so new to me. I think it'd be different. Like my brother, for example, he's been running track since like elementary school. So once he was done, 
he was pretty much ready to be done. <laughs> but, you know, I started it so much later, especially with the event that I'm doing, I I couldn't imagine stopping yet. Now the 400, like I also did that in college, and you know, the sprints and the jumps, I couldn't imagine running the 400 by myself right now. <laughs> yeah. um, even though I was a good runner, I ran 46, um, but it was just, it's a lot of extra training. Mm-hmm. We're a lot of 600s, a lot of 800s <laughs> alone by yourself that I wasn't trying to do. <laughs> So you kept training. Uh, your brother, Kale Brown's your coach ever since college, pretty much? Or did you have other coaches? Uh, I, I would say between Kale and Lamont, okay. they were like my main jump coaches. And then Lamont now is more so like helps me get me. He's more of like an agent um, and just a really good friend and mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, and now Kale is my jump coach. And then I have Shannon Fitzhugh now that helps me with like all my weights mm-hmm. and like my speed stuff too mm-hmm. as well. Okay, so winding up, like rewinding back to pre-COVID, so we're looking like around a year ago this time, you were going through your typical training, and I know you experienced an injury. Do you want to just tell our listeners and remind me about what went on that day, and maybe your training leading up to it, and what happened? Yeah, so uh, six, seven months ago, I tore my Achilles at track practice uh, doing power skips. and yeah, it was a definitely a life-changing thing. I would say, you know, when it happens, the the physical pain isn't really there. It's emotional pain. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about, you know, especially me, like everything I do to make money involves me, my legs. So I'm thinking, how am I gonna teach my dance classes? How am I gonna coach my kids in my gym classes? How am I gonna train? All these things. So that emotional pain is definitely way more. Uh, but then after, you know, reality sets in and you go to the doctor and you realize that being thinking negative isn't going to help. Um, I was probably about two days in my feelings and I'm like, all right, I got to get it going and, you know, start getting on the road to recovery. Good. That's that's fortunate. I, I know anyone in the experience of pretty significant injury, whether it's an ACL, Achilles are definitely up there. Um, everyone knows that the road is relatively long and it's easy to either give up or get down on yourself, especially when you have jobs and people that depend on you to function the way you normally do. Mm-hmm. There's all that just added pressure. Um, but it sounds like relatively, I'm sure there was more ups and downs than what you're leading to right now. But Yeah, and no, I was the, teaching dance in the scooter for a few for <laughs> weeks, honestly. Um, so it was a very interesting thing, teaching hip-hop classes in a scooter uh-huh. and hopping around in a boot. But... It only made me better. Yeah. It made me think about things from a different light, working on different moves or upper body wise. Mm-hmm. I and mean, even as an athlete, um, had me thinking about things from a different standpoint, looking at things from a technical way. How can I fix this? How can I fix that? What are areas that I can fix that'll help me improve once mm-hmm. you know my Achilles is better? Nice. So in that like early rehab when you were coming back, whether it was rehab related or just life, what would you say was the hardest part about that early rehab stage? Um, feeling like you are just so little, I guess is the best way to describe it. You know, I go from being able to jump 26 feet to being barely able to walk. Mm -hmm. So it's like having, it's just a humbling experience when you got to learn how to redo all the most simple things from the ground up. Mm -hmm. Um, and I would say that was, that was definitely the, the biggest thing. Yeah. And then, like, in those kind of harder times, did you ever feel like, 
whether it was in the early stages or honestly even more recently, you ever felt like you lost motivation to whether it's coach, teach, train, any of those? And then um, you're still here with me today, so I know that there's some motivation left that I can mm-hmm. see the drive every day that I see you. Uh, but what drove you to keep giving your all even when you weren't able to train like you used to? Uh, I'm trying to be a story, honestly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got a lot of students and a lot I teach in an area that's, you know, it's inner city. Um, not a lot of them have stable homes or like have people to look up to or think that if you actually try to achieve something that you're going to get there. So, you know, I'm doing it for myself to show that if I set a goal, I know I can get to it. And then also for my students to understand that, like, if you set something, it's not gonna be easy, but it's so, so, so worth it once you get there. Mm-hmm. Um, so between thinking about my students, thinking about the goals that I have for myself, and and just thinking about the people that have like have encouraged me too, that all plays a part into how I'm able to just stay driven and motivated. Mm-hmm. So for you, and especially this process, a lot of times, people will set goals. Um, are you one of those people that you have in your mind so solid that you have this goal you want to be able to achieve? Or are you someone that writes down these goals to help keep you accountable? I write them down. Yeah. I have a, actually I have a dream board. Um, and every time I've made a dream board, I, I get everything off that list. Um, so I encourage anybody that if you are trying to make goals, or you got some things you're trying to do, make a dream board because you that reminder of it every day really does make a difference. Um, I think for this past year, my dream board top thing was USA Championships indoor. Um, then I had the trials. I got a new car on there that I want to get. I want to get a Jeep Grand Cherokee. Um, so put that on there. And so far, I checked off. You know, the indoor USA Championships. I would have been at the trials, but COVID happened. Mm-hmm. But you know, also so did this injury. So you know, things are a blessing in disguise. Yeah, <clears throat> I, th- I think that's super helpful, especially like if I'm thinking of my younger self or someone that I'm working with who's a lot younger, one of the biggest benefits I found is, is writing these things down. Because I consider myself, and I'm sure a lot of just athletes in general that I work with consider themselves too, a very sort of type A people that get their stuff done. Mm-hmm. But writing something down makes it that much easier. Because we as people are inherently, I think, quite lazy, no matter how unlazy we think we are. We'd always rather just chill. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, so writing these things down that you know you did it, that your past self was looking out for your future self helps, I think, to me tremendously. So mm-hmm. that's awesome. Um, I'll have to look into a, getting a dream board myself because yeah. I don't have one either yet. But Definitely recommend it. So uh, I know the road has not come to an end just yet for your return, but to switch moods from the hardest part, what has been the most exciting part of your return so far? Uh, improving, honestly. Uh, every single time I come back, Cause a lot of times, you know, with injuries like this, you have improvements and then you kind of, it feels like you're kind of plateauing. You're improving, but you don't feel it as much. Mm-hmm. So that can sometimes be discouraging. But then when you come back and you're getting all these testing and you see that you have been improving, that's, uh, it helps relight the fire, honestly. You realize, okay, I am getting better. Let me just keep doing what I'm doing. And then if uh-huh. this happens, I'm gonna be like this when I come back. Yeah, I, I know for anyone who's either like a, lifetime exerciser or even like recreational trainer or all the way to the elite level. I find that when you're in your your thing, whatever that is for a long time, 
progress is really slow. Like when you're a beginner, you make progress like crazy, you love it. There's always that hype almost every time you do that thing, whatever it might be. And once you're at that higher level, those progress bumps start to become smaller and smaller and less and less frequent. Mm -hmm. And I know it can be, I mean, I was never an elite athlete, so I can't compare. (laughs) It's not easy to always come into the gym and not see that progress Mm -hmm. versus sometimes I think there's always some blessing or some silver lining in almost any injury is it does set you back but now you get to re-fall in love with a process of getting better because you always can and there always will be ups and downs but now you have another process to work towards and i find that is quite fun to say the least and that's like really this with sports in general, it's really all about if you're really trying to be the best at a sport, you have to enjoy the process of getting better. Mm-hmm. Like you can't just enjoy the games. <laughs> you can't just enjoy the meets because you know if you're not doing what you're supposed to do in practice, you won't even be playing or competing in the meets. Uh-huh. So you really have to enjoy and fall in love with the process of the grind and the ups and downs and mm-hmm. the challenges. And once you accept that for what it is then you really it's hard to lose the love of a sport yeah and i think it helps just going back on the goals and having the that dream board is if your process has these goals that you write down now you get the satisfaction of crossing them off moving on to the next one yep. so so to you now that you're sort of approaching the stage of i cleared you today to start training again but not quite compete at the level you probably did yet so to you what is the difference of just returning to sport versus returning to performance, especially on an elite level? Um, I would say returning to sport means physically your body is almost there. Um, <clears throat> you're able to do everything that you need to do to you know, get ready for competition. Um, and I'd say like being competition ready means you've gotten over those mental humps of an injury in terms of like this is strong enough to handle this um, because that's a big part of it the mental part Mm -hmm. and that's what I realized my my Achilles is much stronger than what I gave it credit for Um, so it's really about mentally getting that confidence back of knowing that you can handle that and that's I would say the mental aspect is the way more important when it comes to getting back to competition yeah I, again, this is where I love your perspective because I'm a very mediocre athlete at best. So whenever I can get a chance to talk to someone who does compete at a higher level, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of value in it, especially when I will go back and work with some of my high school kids and I can get the perspective of where they want to get to and someone to offer what they would tell their younger selves mm-hmm. is there's a lot of realms you can get into this. But a lot of the younger kids see someone who's really successful in the sport and they see how they train and how they're, what they do at that point. And they always think, I wanna do what they do. I, want, I should train the way they're training, mm-hmm. et cetera. But you can correct me if I'm wrong. Are you training now the same exact way you were training when you were in high school or middle school? No, definitely not. <clears throat> I mean, through knowledge, you learned a lot more. Like for example, in high school, you, know, you used to think that if you're gonna, the more weights that you can lift, the higher you're gonna be to jump really all depends on like how you are as a person some people have that natural elasticity and you're you're better off using bands and body weight and you'll get stronger and you'll become more explosive and some people might need more of that heavy weight training and a lot of it is just knowing your body and understanding like how you are as an athlete so that way you're not doing too much seeing because i was definitely and i realized this too 
that's been the difference, biggest thing. I have always had that natural balance, that natural spring. So I'm not someone that needs to be squatting 500 pounds. Like I don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other ways that I can get that explosiveness, that strength without doing all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to, you know, there might be a sprinter, and a, a, he's a sprinter and a jumper, and he might be that type of person that can squat 500 pounds, super, you know, super built. Um, but it all just all depends. Yeah. Um, just to dive in a little bit on your background, getting into that of, of training in general, how much, if you like put percentages to it, how much of your training is like your typical heavy weight strength training versus how much of is it is it spent on technique and getting better at jumping? Like is uh, it 50-50, anything like that? I train more like a sprinter because okay. the long jump speed carries you. So mm-hmm. I do a lot of sprinting, sprinting related drills, but then I would, if I had to percentageize it, I would probably say I'm like 40% jumping maybe like 35 and the rest is just like kind of sprint type type of workouts Mm -hmm. and then in terms of when i'm lifting i'm not really college was all olympic lifts cleans Mm -hmm. deadlifts you know snatches all that now it's a lot of um depth jumps single leg squats um a lot of the thing that i've noticed the difference is how i'm moving the weight so i might have a phase when i'm in eccentric phase and i'm moving the weight down slowly i might have a phase when i'm in concentric and it's a little bit more fast and controlled i might have one when i cut the weight and it's eccentric or isolation phase so i what i've noticed is having is changing the way you move the weight rather than like how much weight you're lifting it's yeah made, definitely made the biggest difference i think if anyone listening is i Hopefully when I ever coach it myself is I'm huge on intent and I try to really exaggerate the best I can because there's all, especially when you're training someone who's a power based athlete, whether it's sprinter, jumper, baseball, any of the things that require these really quick bursts of power acceleration, there's a difference in the adaptation your body's going to make. If I do a box jump or a squat, but I give half my effort and just go through the motions of just completing the task versus the athlete that every single rep he does, he or she does is 100% effort. They're trying to move it as quickly as they can, trying to jump as high as I can. Do you feel like that's been a difference for you? Like, yes. Yeah. Especially on a rehab, on a rehab tip when like it's so much repetition and everything. (laughs) So I could eat if I really wanted to, I could just go through the motions. I got 20 reps of, you know, heel raises. You know, the difference between you coming back better and, you know, maybe how you were before is the difference between you actually using your toes to grip in, go all the way to the top and, you know, not go short on the range of motion. So mm-hmm. form, like when I'm training with, when I'm training my athletes, form is always the first thing mm-hmm. because you don't want to get hurt. And that's how you're going to get the best improvements. If you can do the exercise with the best form, then after that, then you worry about adding the weight and speed and stuff like that but you got to go from the root exactly exactly you could be given the best program in the world from the best strength or jumps coach in the world but if you don't execute and how it's done it won't make any difference yep, exactly. so uh so throughout your your return so far um is there anything that you've learned about yourself or your training that will help make you a better athlete in the long run uh yeah i studied a lot up on feet <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how 
you know, in terms of whether it's the flexibility of your toes, the strength of your toes, um, and how that can affect, you know, your overall balance in your body to how high you jump. So I've been really focusing on the little things. So my feet, uh, my balance. Um, I do a lot of meditation, the mental aspects. I do a lot of visualization. So it's ba I've basically been focusing on all the things that I couldn't before because of my foot. And mm -hmm. when I was on the couch and couldn't <laughs> move that much, it gave me a chance to kind of you know look at things in different light, look up some things on Instagram, mm -hmm. and uh, just learn. Yeah, really. were, were all these things. Did you ever do any of these things like meditation, some of your small footwork, stuff like this before you got hurt? Yeah, I've been meditating probably, I started meditating in 2015, okay. somewhere around there. Um, and I did it for track because I didn't like the feeling of like I couldn't control my arousal state, mm -hmm. that adrenaline. I, I always perform well in those situations, so I, I guess I didn't, I wasn't that bad at controlling it, but um, my first time at USA's was the first time in a long, long, long time that when I went to jump, like my first few steps, I, my legs felt numb. Like <laughs> my legs literally felt numb. And then all of a sudden my three jumps were done. You know, I didn't get into finals. So it's just like, I need to be able to control that better. Mm -hmm. So I just started meditating. And not only has that helped me with athletics, but it has helped me with my, I'm a gym teacher as well. And it has helped me so much with my teaching. Like I'm so patient. Students ask me all the time, Coach Brown, how are you able to be so patient with these kids? They're so bad sometimes. And meditation and exercise, honestly. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm a little curious because I haven't dove into meditation a ton on my side. It's tough at first. Um, how, how often do you do it or how, how often, or how much, how long? When I think it's first started, I I was only doing it for about a minute at a time. I just focus on just being still in the moment for a minute. And then eventually that minute started to go by really fast. So then I just hit the timer again in two minutes. But the biggest thing that helped me is I read this book called 10 Minutes of Toughness. And um, I can't remember who it's by, but it's on Amazon. And uh, that honestly changed me. It basically mapped out how you can control your arousal state. You can it also got me into setting goals, um, creating a performance statement. So we, when we're in competition, and just in general, we have so many thoughts in our head. So it teaches you how to control those thoughts to be positive as opposed to what if I do this? What if I do this? Thinking about all the negative. Instead, you replace all that with your performance statement. So like mine's, I'm fast, strong, and explosive. Um, I'm more than capable to jump eight meters. Like I have all mm -hmm. these different performance state statements that I say to myself, so that way when I'm in a competition, I'm not thinking about anything negative. Um, so that book definitely helped, and it tells you to take seven breaths. And I focus on counting when I'm taking my breaths, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden when those seven breaths are done, it might have taken you two minutes. And it, you don't have to meditate for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. I think the longest I've meditated is like 20 minutes, but that's but that's because I was on a plane. <laughs> so, you know, I was I was on my way to USA's. So I'm like, well, I'm out just meditating, just chill right here. Uh -huh. Couldn't sleep. So nice. I, I I personally think that's pretty important, especially in a, an event like track and field, where there's so much time in, in between either trials or events. If you're competing multi events, mm -hmm. that 
you don't want your body to be at the state where it's constantly on stress or constantly on edge. Mm-hmm. It's good for it to let it calm back down and then ramp up when you need to compete and you need it to be there, exactly. but then let it calm down so that it's not this frantic mess. And then when you jump, you're all a nervous wreck or mm-hmm. you can't feel your body and then you don't perform the way you want to. Exactly. So I, I, that's great advice. I'll take some of that and I'll probably pass it on to a lot of people as well. Um, so on the same topic, but more of the coaching side, um, what are some of the big differences you've seen that separates the good athletes from the great ones? Uh, consistency, definitely. Um, and their outlook. So ones that are super successful are the ones that learn from their mistakes. Um, they're mindful. So I'm trying to, if I had to think about it from like a a running standpoint, the ones that are successful are going to be the ones that are focusing on those details of the drill. So like I have some athletes that give me sprint drills to do. Some of them really focus on the form. They really focus on the foot contact. And then some of them, you know, kind of go through the motions, maybe hit some of them good. Sometimes the ones that are really focusing on actually hitting each step correctly, they're improving at a significantly faster rate. Mm-hmm. And it's the same way when I'm teaching dance in the studio, when you're work, when they're working on their dance moves. I just had a conversation with them the other day. Like, if you take this and you work on it, like focusing on the details that I gave you, you will come back better than what you were before. But if you just try to go through the motions of the moves, then it, it won't work out the same. Yeah, I, I think that's huge. And I think that can be applied to not only just sport and athletics, but almost any job someone has Definitely. is focus on the, the details and how stuff is done, but then learn from your mistakes and reflect on each day and how you did things and how you could do better. Mm-hmm. I think the re- reflection part, which maybe you do in meditation, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But I think reflecting on ourselves is a huge key to just getting better because you don't know what you don't know. So if you mm-hmm. don't actually reflect on what you did, you're probably going to stay in the same place exactly. you have been. 100%. <laughs> so uh, in that kind of realm, I think we've hit a lot of nuggets in this, but if you could give a younger athlete advice who just suffered an Achilles tear, some traumatic injury that's recovering right now, what, what do you think it would be and, and why? I would say um, pick up a, a productive hobby, one, and I would also say that you're going to come out better than what you were before as long as you put in the work that you're supposed to do and you listen to your body. I think if I had to narrow it down to things that are most important to coming back, it would be your consistency with everything, um, your diet, and your sleep. If you're not sleeping, if you're spending your time on the couch, on the Xbox, on the PlayStation, on your phone, you're not moving when you can or you're not moving how you should be, um, there's no way you're going to get that back. But if you're really focusing on providing that that stimulus, then it's going to make a difference. Nice. I think that's really valuable. Uh, I think we'll leave it at that. Then we always like to finish with a lightning round, we call it. So I'll ask like a few questions to help people get to know you better. They're kind of fun, hopefully. Um, but knowing that you're a dance instructor, what's your favorite and least favorite dance styles? <laughs> uh, my f- Besides hip hop, I would probably say I really enjoy tap dance. Tap? Yeah, I think taps. Well, I have a background of playing the drums. Okay. And 
tap dancing reminds me of like snare solos. Mm -hmm. So, and I feel like if I could do any other style of dance, it'd be tap. That'd be pretty good at it. Um, least favorite? Uh, it's hard. I appreciate all dance, <laughs> but I would probably say, uh, I guess maybe ballet. Not because I don't like it, uh -huh. but just because the music sometimes just makes me really sleepy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's very fair. But, you know, I do appreciate it. I would go to a ballet. Uh -huh. It just has to be a good show. <laughs> nice. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so, childhood or current uh, role model or, like, idol? Uh, Michael Jordan. Big Jordan head all day, every day. Even to this day, I got, like, Jordan posters in my house. Um, do you ever watch The Last Dance? Oh, yeah. Definitely watch The Last Dance. Um, that brought back goosebumps. Just, uh -huh. Being just watching that, I was actually at their last home championship game that they won when Steve Kerr hit that shot. Really, I was actually at that game. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. That's that's memorable. To say yeah, it was. Wrote a paper on about it. <laughs> All right, I don't know if I've asked this in the past, but I know your real name is Charles. So where does Buzzy come from? Buzzy comes from my mom. Um, honestly, I don't really know really how I got the nickname. Uh, I, I'm named after my dad and my grandpa, so they're both Charles. Mm -hmm. So that's why I have a nickname. But I think she just heard the name somewhere. Okay. She liked it. And then she gave it to me as a nickname. Yeah. <laughs> like, no one calls me really Charles. Uh -huh. No professor. I may have, I can count on one hand the amount of people that call me Charles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, all right. So all-time favorite track meet memory. Uh, I would probably say competing at Drake Relays. It's tough between that and my last year, my senior nationals. Drake Relays was awesome because if you know anything about Drake, it's about, it's, if you're going to go in an individual event, it's all the divisions combined. So like, it's all about if you're good enough to do it and that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, when you're running at Drake, they separate it by division one, division two, division three. So I was the first male athlete at Carthage to qualify in an individual event for Drake Relays and I made it in a long jump. And not only that, I made it to finals too. I got like sixth place. And it's funny because my coach, he's a very, he's a realist. Coach Wade is a realist. So he, you know, comes on just shoot it straight to me. And I remember before, cause it was raining. He's like, all right, Buzz, remember. He's like, you probably won't make the finals. So, you know, after you get done with this jump, Make sure, you know, you get over to the relays. You got to, you know, you got to get back to that. And in my mind, when he said that, I'm like, watch me. <laughs> watch me make finals. And then I ended up making finals. I ended up having the best jumps I've had so far that season. Um, fouled two jumps that could have won the whole thing. Wow. And that was probably the moment that I realized that, like, okay, I can do this. Like, people from Mississippi State, like, you know, Iowa, you know, all Big Ten uh -huh. schools. Like, big schools are there. And I'm beating them. So I'm like, okay, I can really do this. Track's all about numbers. If you jump the distance, you mm -hmm. jump the distance. There's no mm -hmm. politics in track and field. Yeah. So I would say that was definitely Drake Relays. And then my senior year um, at Nationals. And that's because I was literally doing two events at the same time. I had <laughs> long jump before our four by four. So I did, they moved me up to the prelims or the first flight when I was supposed to be in the second one because of the race. Ran my, uh, I did my long jumps, was winning the event, went, ran the four by four, did like a 46 split, then had to run back over to do the finals for the long run. <laughs> I couldn't jump far. I jumped like six meters in like something. <laughs> it was like 20 feet. I had no legs in me. Uh -huh. But 
Thank God I did well before because that jump that I had, I was winning, but I ended up going down to third place. So I got third. Mm -hmm. um, so it was cool, bittersweet. I feel like I could have won the whole thing if I could have had my legs into me. Yeah. But I was glad to run that relay with my with my team. Nice. Good. Yeah. Nice. That sounds awesome. Well, Buzzy, I really do appreciate your time today. Uh, where can people learn more about you and what you're doing, social media, etc.? Um, yeah, you can follow me on BuzzyB2021. That's my Instagram. And then uh, through that, you can actually click on a link there that has my Make a Champ site um, where you can follow the progress as well as donate to uh, um, help towards meets and travel fees and stuff mm -hmm. like that. If you know anything about track and field, you kind of mentioned this earlier, like how to compete when you're a lot of people stop because they didn't get that sponsorship. They mm -hmm. didn't get that, you know, that check. Uh, so a lot of time I've been paying my way, really. Um, so now, you know, I've been able to kind of get some donators and some sponsors together to kind of help me, mm -hmm. which is nice because it takes a lot of the stress away because a lot of time then you're thinking like, all right, I jumped this mark. I'm in. But I ain't got the money to get to the meet. <laughs> so uh -huh. um, it kind of covers that base and it. Yeah, so between Instagram, BuzzyB2021, and then click on the link in that site. Perfect. Uh, everything. Perfect. I'll be sure to put that in the show notes. But thank you again for your time, and thank you to everyone for listening. And we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Milwaukee Sports Performance Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and learned something new that will help you achieve your goals. If you did, we would love for you to head over to Instagram and search MKE Sports Podcast. Like, follow, or comment on today's episode. If you have questions, comments, topics, or guest suggestions, reach out through that Instagram account. Your feedback will help us make this podcast as relevant and informative as possible. If you have additional time, we'd appreciate your help in spreading this information. If you could head over to iTunes and leave us a rating and review, it will help us spread the word to more athletes in the greater Milwaukee area. Have a great day, and we will see you next time.